everyone. Welcome back to another episode of How to Live the Podcast. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon, coming to you on holiday this morning. Yahoo! Happy holidays, y'all. We are OOO out of office. We've spent the weekend in beautiful Margaret River. With our beautiful mother. Yeah, having the best time, just like winering it up, wedding it up, reading a lot, taking it super slow. Unfortunately, not the best weather. But that's okay. Yeah, it's a lot of um, book reading. You're actually reading Laura Lynn Jackson's book, Signs. Oh my God, it's amazing. Our favorite psychic medium. If you haven't listened to that episode, you have to. So many people have written to us saying they've had the craziest coincidences, even though they're not coincidences, happen to them after listening to the episode. Really, really powerful. Um, But this week, before we do get into this episode, there is something really important that we wanted to chat about because tomorrow is the Melbourne Cup in Melbourne, which is a giant gathering of people where they sit around, get really drunk, have a lot of fun and watch horse racing. Yeah. And here's the thing. We don't want to be calling anyone out. We used to be those people that went to the races and had a really fun time. And we always had great days and great memories, beautiful outfits, all those good things. But the thing that we're realizing more and more as we kind of dive down this animal rights rabbit hole is that... No pun intended. No pun intended. (laughs) Um, Horse racing, it's not nice. It's animal suffering, really. Like, and, and we get it. It is so much fun to go out and have fun with your friends. But why do animals have to suffer in order to uh, for us to have fun? Totally. And I think the thing is, you know, we posted this on Instagram the other day and it's just so true. Whenever kind of horse racing gets brought up, there are always people saying, but I know someone who rides horses and they love their horse and they kiss them every night when they go to bed and, you know, all that good stuff. We're not saying that the whole industry is bad. We know there are a lot of people who work in the industry that do love horses, but unfortunately, the way that it's been built is to exploit horses for making money exactly which we don't agree with and so we want to stand by what we believe in and so this year we've decided that we're not going to support it so we are going to be saying nup to the cup which is a really cool movement that has started in melbourne in recent years and we are encouraging other people to say nup to the cup too if you go on nup to the cups website you will see a lot of awesome ways that you can spend the public holiday instead of going to the horse races so we really encourage you don't watch it this year don't support it go have fun with your friends but just don't do it at the expense of animals totally so before we get into this week's awesome episode with the two of us um we just wanted to say stick around to the end of the episode because we have some freaking exciting news about who's going to be on our podcast next week you might remember recently when we're in the u.s we were talking about how we were going to interview just casually a movie star so that is the episode that is on next week she is a huge epic massive freaking movie star that you are definitely going to know and love (laughs) and stick around to the end to find out who it is so let's get into today's episode So let's do this. What are we talking about today? So today we are going to be taking you through persuasive 
emailing. Okay, this is like one of my favorite topics ever. Yeah, so this is one of our secret weapons, persuasive emailing. And it's something that we didn't even realize not everyone else was doing. So we were just like out here emailing away and having a lot of amazing opportunities come from it. And then the more we talk to people, the more we realize that a lot of people don't do this. Honestly, I'm going to go out there and say this is actually the secret to our success. Like, whoa, but like, really? think about That's it. That's a ginormous call. Well, everything that yeah. we've gotten, we've gotten through just sending a really fucking persuasive email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. So we thought to kick things off, it could be good to kind of talk you through a few of the amazing opportunities that have come from us writing these emails. And the thing is, we could go on and on, literally. If and you on a- and on and on. If you asked us, oh, did that come from you writing a cold email? The answer would probably be yes, because I would say about 95% of the things that we've done comes from a cold email. Actually, I just realized the coolest thing that's come from a cold email that we didn't even write down. If you guys didn't know, this podcast is on Qantas Airways. If you are listening to this on Qantas Airways, hey. From- oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and that actually came from a cold email. So you really never know what you can get until you just put yourself out there on the internet. Totally. So thinking back to like the early, early days of how to live, where like, you know, writing away at our blog, we're very small, we have a tiny little readership. And then Steph was living in Paris at the time and it was my uni holidays. We've told this story a million times, but I was going over to Paris to visit her and it just perfectly coincided with Paris Fashion Week. And of course, you know, being the absolute divas that we were, we were like, we can't wear our own wardrobes to Fashion Week. We need like these amazing, like don't people get dressed for this shit? Yeah, I don't even know why we decided we needed to get dressed properly for Fashion Week. Yeah, like we'd probably been watching too much Rachel Zoe Project or something like that. Gossip Girl. Yeah, and we were like, yeah, no, we can't wear our own wardrobe. We must be dressed for the occasion. And so we just honestly sent a cold email to a bunch of PR agencies. And I remember we sent them and sent them and sent them and nobody responded. And I remember we just kept sending to any PR agencies we could find. And like the day before we were going to leave, we got this email from someone. Oh, it was Ray from Little Heroes PR in Sydney. Epic memory. I know, it just came to me. And she was like, yeah, I represent Shakahachi, Alice McCall, like all our favorite labels Mm. at the time. Why don't you come in and I'll dress you? And this was literally just off one persuasive, persistent email. Totally. And so today in this episode, we're going to break down for you how we actually get these opportunities. Some other things that we've had come from these emails is sponsors for events. Oh, like we get every time we want to throw an event, we're like, you know, we're a startup. We don't have budget to be putting like, you know, food and drinks and like all this stuff into these or crazy even events. Money. Like we've gotten, once we got someone to sponsor $10,000 towards the event, which was so helpful in actually putting it together. Oh my God. That was just crazy. Like that was unbelievable. And we'd never even met this company before. We sent a cold email asking if they would want to sponsor. And obviously there are some follow-up emails involved, but it all- And some follow-up meetings. Yes. But it all just comes down to one very persuasive email at the beginning. And then of course, the most obvious one when we were discussing this was podcast guests because- We've really, we've really put out emailing skills to very good use with this podcast. Absolutely. We've really refined the skills. So, you know, looking at our guests from the very first guest we had on, Christina Carlson from Kiki K, that was a cold email. It was. And then to the most recent podcast guest we had on, Ingrid Newkirk, the founder of PETA, cold email. So in terms of what these emails are for, you can really use them for anything. So it might be 
applying for a job. It might be to network with somebody you're really keen on connecting with. It might be to talk to a brand that you really want to work with. It might even be that you're writing to a brand to tell them something you'd love to see them doing. Like for example, at the moment, there's this bakery right now that I'm trying to get them to stop using plastic bags. Perfect time to use this kind of persuasive emailing. Perfect. Who's that? I feel bad naming and shaming. Oh, okay. Well, it's Glicks. Oh, it's Glicks Bagels. Glicks, stop using plastic bags. Please, Glicks, stop using plastic bags. But your bagels are so delicious. They're so yum. So is your colour. Anyway, so yeah, you can use these email, these form of emailing for a lot of different things. And like Jess said, it could be for work, but it could be for something personal. And it's just a really handy skill to have. So the first thing that's really important to keep in mind is that when you're emailing, you want to keep things professional. Now, when I say professional, I don't mean you have to be like, very warmest regards. You don't have to make it like uber. Over the top. Yes. But what you do have to do is use correct grammar, make sure your spelling is correct, make sure you get their name right, which is something that we've had go wrong a lot of times. Unlike on our podcast, don't swear in the email. Don't swear. Don't swear. I'm confident in saying swearing in an email won't get you a lot. No. And capitalizing is really important. And oh, space, grammar, spacing. spacing is really important. I can't, you know, these things sound so basic, but honestly, if I get an email, like I want paragraphs to have gaps between them, you know, like, hi, name, enter, enter. Hope you're having a great week. Enter, enter, full stop, enter, enter. And then, you know, so on and so forth. Totally. And it sounds really obvious, but totally. I mean, when Steph started teaching me this at the beginning of my career, I definitely didn't get it all right. And even when we see people coming through our doors that are working with us, it's just not as obvious as it seems initially. And even if you're not someone that's great at spelling or grammar, you know, there are tools that you can use like Grammarly is something that I actually can't vouch for, but I've had it advertised to me at the front of YouTube videos a lot where you can like install this plugin and it like checks your grammar for you like a spell check or ask somebody to look over it for you before sending. That's good at that. And eventually, honestly, it's just about paying attention and becoming aware of it and making sure that you're triple checking things before you send them. I can't tell you like I am unfortunately like, you know, a stickler for grammar and all that stuff. But really it's because I proofread things like four times before I send them out because if you're sending an important email, it's worth it. In terms of actually writing the email, this is something that we see a lot. You know, we we often also will help our friends writing emails and just like proofreading things for them. And something that I think that particularly I see in women, and I know that I experienced this myself, we don't know our worth. So when we're writing an email, we beat around the bush. We like thank them a gazillion times, even though we're also helping them. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And actually, I was looking over an email for a friend the other day. And that's exactly what she did was she was like, she'd written at the end, like, I'm so grateful for you for taking the time to read this email. And like, I totally understand. Like, that's awesome. She's an appreciative person. But how that comes across in a cold email is that this person seems a bit amateurish almost because Mm. they're like so grateful that I'm reading their email. Whereas if you kind of just go in a little bit strong and backing yourself and really like come to the party saying, hey, this is what I can offer you. Well, that's the point in the email, right? Like you've got like a couple You've got hundred, skills, man. Yeah, like, and you've got like a hundred words to get across. Why should this person be reading your email? Why should this person be persuaded to do whatever you're doing or take you up on your offer? Really like 
own that. Take that time to like persuade them. I almost want to say like channel your masculine energy. You know, like we want people to like us and we we just kind of like uh, don't really want to like get to the point or like actually say what we feel what we mean what we want we're scared of all of those things Mm -hmm. but an email is a time to really just put out exactly what you want perfect example when I felt this was yesterday at the moment I've been working on tubes autumn winter 2020 it's looking amazing oh my god it's looking so good but I was writing to a buyer and I was asking them to place an order but I said it in this really roundabout way that was basically like you could place it now or you could place it later like whatever you want like it's okay we don't And then I just, and it was like, also it was like three sentences long. And in reality, all I wanted to say was, would love you to place your order by the end of the week. Mm -hmm. And that's what I ended up saying. And that was effective. And that made her responsive to me. And that just made the exchange a lot easier, simpler, and more effective. Totally. And when just says channel your masculine energy, I just want to break that down for a second for you. So she's not saying be like a guy. She's not saying think like a guy. But no, we, we all have masculine exactly. energy. Exactly. All of us, male or female, we all have masculine energy and we all have feminine energy. And these are things that like we can channel different parts of us in different times. Something we've been speaking about a lot lately is how we should all be bringing our feminine energy more to doing business. But emailing is definitely one where if you do channel your more masculine energy, your directness, you are going to get more out of it. And then something else that we really encourage you to write like a solid little paragraph. When when we say paragraphs in emails, we by no means mean long. What's in it for them? We call this whiffem. Whiffem is what's in it for me, by the way. It should be uh, whiff it. Whiff it. <laughs> like whip it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important that you include in the email why they need you, why they want you, what you can do for them. They need to know why they are going to benefit from it because ultimately that's what's going to get their decision across the line. An example of that is when we're contacting brands to collaborate. We're not only talking about tubes and how amazing we are, but we then outline what they would receive by working with us. So, you know, they would get access to our demographic. They would get access to our diehard following. They would have really nice animal friendly alignment, you know, all these things that we're bringing to the party for them. And the thing is like, we're talking about writing to brands here. Like we could be writing to like the biggest brand in the world, you know, like you could be writing to Beats headphones, trying to collaborate with them. And just because you're much smaller than them, it still means you've got something that they don't have. Like, you know, you might have this smaller brand. It's like, oh, we're grassroots, we're on the ground. Like we have this diehard demographic in Melbourne, whatever it is. Exactly. So you always have something to bring to the table. And this is actually what my friend said the other day. She's a songwriter and she was like, I don't have anything to offer them. And I was like, well, you're really good at connecting with people and like speaking to people and finding their story and writing a song about that. So that's something you could offer them. And she was like, oh yeah, I didn't even think think about that like you know you've got to just like stop and actually think we're not trying to bullshit people here stop and think what do you actually have to offer them and then put that down in the email and it's going to come across as genuine and it's really going to be eye-catching for them and then something else that we really like to write these emails by is the rule of three so when you're 
giving them information about you or the project that you're working on rather than brain dumping into this email and just telling them as much information as possible. Maybe that will be helpful for you just to get the words out. But then ultimately, you should really be picking three. You can dot point them. Dot points make emails look really nice and concise. Easy to read. Yeah, just say, this is what I could do, dot, dot, and then list the three things. And then that's all, you know, not too much information, not too little information. Three is a really good number. And we are the queens of too much information. Like whenever anyone used to ask us about our brand, we'd be like, it's animal friendly and it's really colorful and we support women and we want inclusivity. And like, you know, we would, we We have, we want all the things. We do want all those things and we have so much to talk about, but yeah, you've really got to like keep it concise. And the rule of threes is a really good one that whenever you're listing things and you find you're listing too many, just think of the three best things. So when you're sending out a whole bunch of emails, it can be tempting to just copy and paste them. But really what's going to be eye-catching is if you can write something really specific to somebody. And I actually have a really good example of that from back in the day when I was running a vintage fashion market. But I was sending emails to journalists all the time being like, hey, can you please write about my fashion market? And honestly, like we didn't get that many responses. But then I actually saw Janice Breen Burns, who at the time was the fashion editor of The Age. I saw her speaking at an event and I think she was presented with an award. So I was like, ding, the next time that I wanted to send Janice an email, rather than just being like, hi, I have this market, I could be like, hi, Janice, I just want to say I saw you speaking the other night at this event congratulations on the award. It's really incredible. I really admire your work. And for the first time ever, I reckon I had emailed her already like 10 times before this. I actually got a response and I actually could feel in her response that she wasn't used to getting that kind of personalized greeting in an email, like connecting as though we are two human beings. And she really appreciated it. She wrote back. She was like, thank you so much. She elaborated a little bit about the awards. And then she went on to respond to my email. So really adding in that personalized line can go a really long way. Jump on Instagram, see what the person's been up to lately. You know, take a little bit of time to make it personalized to that person. And it is going to go so much further for you. And then another one is like, know your audience and play to it. So like, who are you speaking to? I think the biggest thing for me with emails is visuals. And I get that, you know, we're not some fancy schmancy law firm that someone's trying to catch the attention. Maybe when you're writing to a law firm, a GIF isn't the best to include. But (laughs) when you're contacting someone that's like a little bit more lighthearted or a bit more fun or a bit more playful, you know, lean into it. Don't be afraid to include a GIF or, you know, embed a photo or adding any sort of touch like that in an email automatically makes it way more eye-catching. You've got to think, someone who you're reaching out to, they might receive 100 plus emails in their inbox a day. So how are you going to stand out? So once you have your email template and you've got your little customized line in there, well, we actually find that it can be good that rather than just sending the same email to every single person, that it can be great to test out different email lengths and things. So if you do have like a bunch more info that you want to include, or you have like a whole presentation document that you've put together and you're not sure if it's too much, feel free to just test out different lengths and different attachments into different emails and see what different people respond to. And from there, you can adjust and each time you'll get better at it. Something else is subject. And this is a massive one because it's ultimately what's going to... It's huge. It's going to make someone click or delete your email, really. And so here, uh, subjects are hard. I get really stuck with them. Subjects are so hard. Can I tell you my favorite tip on subjects? 
is not capitalizing every word. Like I feel like- You do love that. Yes, because I read this somewhere once and it's so true. Like think about how your friend would send you an email. Like you're going to open an email from a friend, right? And I think also here, just like everything, play to your strengths. So- An example of that is often when we're traveling, we know that people love Australians. So if we're trying to- Oh, this is a good trick right here. (laughs) If we're trying- All of Australia is going to be sending America this email subject. Yeah. If we're trying to get someone's attention and we feel like it will be a strength that we are Australian, we often just write like Aussies in LA. Yeah. Hey from Australia. Wave emoji. Love from Australia. All those kinds of things that it needs to not be normal. If you're going to send them a normal, like, you know, if you're sending someone a resume, do not say my resume or job application. No, say something really eye-catching and creative, like I am your dream candidate. Yes, I would love to open that You know, something like that. And don't be afraid to like be over the top about it and be like self-indulgent because ultimately that's what's going to get you places. You know, like we're all just like out here being like, "Uh, I don't want to talk myself up. But honestly, this is the platform to talk yourself up. I can't say that enough. We receive so many resumes. And if I get a sense of someone feeling unsure of themselves in their email. Then you're unsure of them, then right? I'm not confident in them. Yeah. I'm not confident in their abilities. Why are they emailing me? Yes. They don't even sound like they're up for the task. Oh, preach. I feel like we all just needed that little pep talk. Thanks, Jess. No props. Persuasive emailing, I'm just thinking like it, it applies to everything. Like when we're sending out an invitation to an event, it applies. Like, you know, we get a lot of invitations to events that are just like, um, Run of the mill. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Whereas like every single word that you put on that page should be a word that you're proud of. When we send out invitations, we think about the subjects because, you know, if we're inviting media, we know how many emails they get from other people inviting them to events. Like I remember when we did our DIY workshop, we wrote a really great email and the subject was your invitation to create. Mm-hmm. And then it had a scissor emoji and a gem emoji. Definitely use emojis where emojis are appropriate. Absolutely. I pay that. Then you've written this amazing email. You've got your template down. You've customized it for the people that you're trying to contact. You may have added a GIF in if it was appropriate. And you've definitely got a killer subject that may or may not have emojis in it. So how do you find people's email addresses that you want to get in touch on? Tuffy. This is my favorite. I think we have talked about this before, but do you know what? If you tell me you can't find somebody's email address, I do not believe you. At the very least, the easiest way, I mean, it's time consuming, but if you cannot find somebody's email address anywhere, just guess it and guess it and guess it and keep guessing until you don't get that bounce back email. Oh, what a good feeling is that when you don't get the bounce back. Oh, Eva Chen. I sent her an email recently to like 10 different email addresses and finally I got it. Did she respond? No. (laughs) But I did read that she reads all of her DMs. So next time I'm going to DM her. True. But you know what I mean? Like you can actually Google email template for so many different companies. Like usually they'll have like first name dot last name at company.com. And so Rocket Reach is an amazing tool. You can sign up for free. And I think they give you something like five free email addresses a day. You literally just go onto rocketreach.co, I want to say, and you plug in somebody's name or you copy paste their LinkedIn profile and it will come up with their email address. It'll usually have their work email address, their personal address, 
hot tip, don't send an email to somebody's personal email address, even mm-hmm. if you manage to and find cool. it. Yeah, I don't think people really appreciate that generally. But Rocket Reach, if they don't have the email address of the person, they'll usually have a suggested email format and then you just go for it. Try first name dot last name at company.com, then first name, then first name, last name, then last name, first name, last name dot first name. Do you get where I'm going with this? Keep trying. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Other places you can find emails. LinkedIn, great one. Instagram, Twitter, Twitter check people's lo- bios. Oh, a lot of journalists have in their Twitter bios, they'll have their email address. If they don't have it and you can't find it anywhere, another good thing to do is DM them via like Instagram or Twitter, whichever platform they're on. We often get DMs from people asking for our email address. Gladly give them out. And also if you're like finding, like you're trying to access someone from like the Herald Sun newspaper, let's say, and you're like at heraldsun.com.au and it's not working, go and find somebody else's email address that works in that organization and you'll say, oh, it's at news.com.au and then you'll start on the at news.com.au guesses. Another one is let's say you're trying to get in touch with a brand and you can't, can't, can't find the person's email address. On their website, they'll have like customer service or they have PR inquiries. You can write to those emails and you can ask them for the person's email you're trying to get in touch with or just write it. So like perfect example, a few months ago now. For you being a yoga teacher. I really wanted to get in touch with Upstate, which is the studio that I'm now working at. Yay! Because they were founded by sisters and I thought that that was super cool. I couldn't find the sisters' emails. So rather, I just wrote to the customer service and I was like, hey, I really want to get in touch with the owners. And then I think I just wrote the email as if it was to the owners after that. And then I got a response from the owners directly. So, you know, it really, really works. People aren't aren't that cagey because they don't know who you are. And if you've talked yourself up and known your worth when you get in touch with them in the first place, then they think you're amazing. And they're like, oh, of course you can have this person's email. I feel like know your worth is the biggest takeaway from this podcast episode. Know your worth, people. Then the next kind of step here, once you've got their email, you've got the email template down, you've got their email address is send the email. But don't just send it to one person. Send it to a hundred people. Well, it depends what you're trying to get, to be fair. Like if you're trying to get something from one person, then you send it to one person. But if the aim, like, okay, for example, my boyfriend is about to go to the US and he's like, sorry, Renan, I'm really sorry to out you like this. He's like, I really want to meet with some cool people while I'm in the US. He's in startups. He's like, I want to meet with some cool startups. So I've sent out a few emails and I'm waiting to hear back from some of them. And I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm like, dude, You send three emails to try to get three meetings, try a hundred emails to try to get three meetings. And he's like, what? That's so much vulnerability. And I'm like, it isn't vulnerability. When you write the email initially, have the vulnerability. Definitely. But then once it comes to clicking that send button, vulnerability is no longer your friend because I know how that is. Being a perfectionist, it can feel really daunting, but you've just got to get into that like pumping them out. You're sending those emails. Just take all the vulnerability out of it and just let the emails do the talking. We've probably had 40 or so guests on the podcast so far. And I feel like we've sent out at least 500 emails. Oh, for sure. At least. Like you just have to have absolutely no shame and just send, send, send. And the thing is like, obviously here there's a fear of somebody coming back and saying no. And that's obviously, you know, what Renan is scared of. 
But really, you've just got to be like, you, I, I think eventually you learn to celebrate the no's because you just like, you know what? I put myself out there. Good for me. I know my worth. If that person isn't interested, then that's fine. That's on them. But I'm just going to keep pushing through and I'm going to get my guesses eventually. Can't tell you how many times we've had no's if that makes you feel better about yours. And also like if you have a hundred balls in the air and then 97 of them come back no and three come back yes compared to if you have three balls in the air and all three come back no Mm. devastating you know like once there's a hundred in there it's one in a hundred no okay who cares one in a hundred no who cares like it really just makes it way easier the more options you have open for yourself yes totally and just know that we all get the no's and it's okay it is not a reflection on you keep going totally follow-ups are really important oh this is something that people don't realize because I get that people don't want to be pushy and that's really nice of you but the thing is people need to be reminded of stuff like we'll often get an email and especially somebody who has a disorganized inbox, which we do not have because we're going to chat about that in a little bit. But if you have a disorganized inbox, it can be really easy to just scroll past somebody's email and miss it and forget to go back to it. So how are they going to see it if you don't follow up with them? Yeah, you need to follow up. You can follow up twice, three times. We've probably followed up more than that. I'm not even joking. So if you want to follow up more than that, that's fine. And you want to send these emails like, a week apart, I'd say, you know, wait three to five days, depending on what it is. But, you know, sending an email follow-up each week, that's a pretty good rule. Following this, we just wanted to give you a few tips and tricks that have made our emailing life a lot easier, or lives, really, because there's two of us. There are two of us, but sometimes it feels like there's one of us. There are a lot of, like, apps and plugins and little secrets like that that we've discovered along the way that we thought it would be really great to share today. So the first one is follow-up then. Oh, follow-up then is a game changer. It is definition game changer. So essentially, you know, when someone's emailed you and then you've emailed back and maybe like, oh, for example, one of you's going away and they're like, okay, let's get back in touch next month. Oh yes. I know that moment. I know that moment well. Okay. So rather, how like, how the hell are you going to remember to get back in touch? No, with I don't month? know. I used to Especially not know Especially when you have your hundred balls in the air. So The secret to this is rather than putting it in your calendar or something lame like that, that sometimes I used to put it in my calendar under like right back to Steph and then it'd get to that point. I'd be like, who the hell is Steph? Oh, well, (laughs) I'll just forget about it. And then I would never follow up. So follow up then is basically this thing where... And and by the way, Adam Milgram, thank you for teaching us follow up then. Very much thank you. So if you're in the email thread, what you do is you just forward it to a date at followupthen.com. And then follow up then will send you back an email saying, hey, we got your follow up. We'll send you the follow up on the date that you requested. And the genius thing is that follow up knows that we're all really lazy and we don't like to remember any kind of system. So you can pretty much write any date or day format into follow up then and it will know what you're talking about. So I can write Monday at followupthen.com. I can write 19 July at followupthen.com. I can write one week at followupthen.com and it will remind you at that time. So it's just like in that two area where you would send somebody an email rather than writing in their email address, you just write in follow up then. So you can forward an email to that. You can BCC it. Don't accidentally CC it unless you both know about the follow up then. Like I could be like, hey, Jess, let's discuss this in a week. And I could CC one week at followupthen.com. The first time you send an email to followupthen.com, it will send you an email back being like, hey, you haven't done this before. Can you sign up? 
you sign up and then you're good to go forever. It's free. It's easy. It's amazing. It's the best trick we've learned, I think. It really is. And then the other thing is you want to be thinking about what time you send out an email. You know, I can't tell you how many times we've gotten an email at like 1am and we've been like, mm, this is a little bit weird. And to be honest, it kind of comes off as unprofessional. Unprofessional. Like, why are you working at 1am? Like yeah, but I get it. Like, some people work well at 1am. Sometimes totally. I just don't want to know about it. Yeah. And like, sometimes I work well at night, but what I'll do is I'll use this awesome tool called HubSpot and I'll schedule an email to send next day at 8am. It's pretty genius. So how do you use HubSpot? Is it like a .com? So I think you just look up HubSpot for Gmail and it's a plugin for Gmail. If you Google HubSpot, H-U-B-S-P-O-T, it'll come up. It's super easy. And the other thing is when you're sending an email to an organization, you want to send it at a time that's going to work for them. For example, when we had Mel Singer, the fashion editor of the age on this podcast, she talked about the times that it was best for a journalist to receive an email. So like, First thing in the morning, people are sorting through their inboxes and it's madness. But, you know, if somebody publishes a newspaper on a Saturday, you know that Friday 5 p.m. is not going to be a good time for them to get an email. So, you know, think about that. Think about the time zone that the other person is in and try to send them an email at a time that's going to work for them. HubSpot has some other really cool features, like one of them that we love to use is a template. So if you have an email that you send out all the time, that's like a same kind of email, you can just literally put it into a template. And then when you're in your email, you'll just click template, it'll appear and you can customize as you need to. Magic. So magical. And we are going to put all these links that we've talked about today into the show notes. Talking about something we're going to put in the show notes. Yeah. Inbox zero. So earlier we talked about how our inbox isn't messy. Our inbox isn't messy because we do inbox zero. Basically, When we started working for the first, I reckon like five or so years of running this business, our inbox was a mess. We had like- It was a hot mess. Thousands and thousands, probably tens of thousands towards the end of emails in our inbox. We would read some of them. We would not read some of them. They would just get lost into the abyss. We just like couldn't keep track of anything. And it meant that like- but firstly, it was really anxiety provoking. Like oh, I yeah. remember like just like looking at that inbox being like, ugh, awful, you hate just, it. You just feel like you've got something hanging in the back of your head all the time. But you also miss stuff. It means you're not as organized and it just feels crappy. So what we didn't come up with this, it is something that someone else came up with. And it's this beautiful idea of inbox zero. So imagine if you click into your email and in front of you, you see zero emails. Ah, Isn't that the absolute dream? Mm -hmm. So the only bad thing is it requires you to spend quite a lot of time upfront sorting through your emails. It's an upfront investment. It's like all good things. Exactly. So you need to put aside like a day or something like that to sort through your messy inbox. And just so you know, this is a tweaked version of inbox zero that we have come up with ourselves. And this is what really works for us. So you know how like people have folders and like we used to be these people that you'd have like folder for invoices and a folder for people to respond to and a folder for all different kinds of things. We don't have any folders. We just have our inbox and then we have one folder that is called action. That's all. 
That's our whole inbox. And this works really well on Gmail, by the way. I'm not sure how well it works on other email addresses. You would have to like tweak tweak it it a little bit for yours. So basically the way that it works is emails come in and if we can respond to them straight away and if we have time to, then we respond to them straight away. If they're going to take a little bit more time to respond to and we need brain power and we're in the middle of something, then we put them in action, which we'll get to later. And really what you should be doing is checking your email a few times throughout the day. throughout the day. Yeah. So like in the morning, maybe like depending on your industry, like every few hours. Yeah. You don't want to be like constantly in your email because you just get so distracted and pulled away from things. But it's better if you're just like, all right, I'll check it every few hours and anything that's in there, you either action it straight away. The rule is if it's under two minutes, go straight back. And if not, put it into action. And then once a day at the end of the day, go through your action and spend a bit of time and sort through those emails and get rid of them. And then anything that doesn't require either immediate action or action later, you just archive it. It's that simple. Once you're like finished with a, you know, okay, you're corresponding, you're corresponding, and then you don't need to correspond anymore. Don't file it, just archive it. And here's why, because think about it. What are Google best at? They are best at search and Gmail is created by Google. So when you need to search for an email, you can do it so much quicker than you could actually search through your own folders and find something. So by archiving it, you don't need to see it right now. Anything that you need me to recall in my email, I will go into it and I will retrieve it within three seconds through the search function. Yeah, like, okay, so Panther sent us an invoice last month, let's say this, and we're trying to find it. Rather than searching through our invoice folder, which would take time and an annoying energy. You just write Panther invoice into your search. It's probably what you're doing anyway, but it's also filed away. Like what the hell was the point in that? And can I just say, this is a proven tried and tested method. The other day, our good friends at Paired Eyewear complimented us on how amazing we are at emails. And this is our secret, people. We are lazy. We have come up with the two laziest tools ever, Inbox Zero and Follow Up Then. And honestly, you are gonna be the most organized person on this planet. So we really want you to get out there and be emailing these amazing persuasive emails. So just to rerun through what we've talked about today, you've got your hi, blah, you're getting their name right, you're definitely not getting their name wrong. As Steph said, that is the worst thing you can possibly do. Then you've got your line that is customized. So it might be like, Hope you're having a great week. I saw you've been in Milan lately. Hope it was incredible. How awesome was the Gucci store that you went to? I'm obsessed with this that they're working on right now. Oh, that's such good customization. You've done this before. I sure have. Then after that, you can go into you. You can go into what you're pitching them. You can go into your three points that are great. Usually we'd start off that section by saying we have an incredible opportunity that we thought you'd be really excited about. You know, rev them up, get them excited, get them wanting to read on. You're offering them this amazing opportunity that is working with you or connecting with you. So just know that and be confident in it and know your freaking work. We said it before, we'll say it a zillion times. No, you're worth. No, you're worth. What? No, you're worth. Who? Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's moving late. on. <laughs> and make sure you're thinking about what is my unique offering? What is awesome about me that I can really be bringing to these people? What can I offer them that they don't have? And that is going to be so genuine and it is going to come across. One thing we didn't touch on was a sign off. Usually we'll just stick with a good old kindest. Jess and Steph. Mm. You can't go wrong with it. Classic and effective. Yeah. As Romina Calabro would say, never write cheers. 
Oh, I write cheers. I know. I write cheers sometimes when it's friendly. When but it's I, super cash. Yeah, exactly. But never on the first We instance. don't really do an X, especially not on the first or like unless you've met them in person and your best friends. Don't write X, please. Mm, occasionally I write X when I'm trying to be friendly. Sorry. <laughs> we hope you got a lot out of this episode. We hope you are super persuasive at emailing now. And you know what? The best tip we can give you is... If you want to have somebody read over it after, do it. Get your friend to read over it. Send it to somebody that you know is good at emailing. And honestly, we would be honored to read over your email for you. Oh, that would be so fun. I love it when my friends ask me to oh, read same. over an email. But make sure when you send it to us, you've proofread it. Proofread, proofread, proofread. Proofread again. Make sure it is perfect. Make sure you are so happy with it. If there's something about it that like makes you look away, then you shouldn't be sending it. Make sure it is perfect. So if you did like today's episode and you do feel like you're an expert persuasive emailer now, we would love you to help us get the word out. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. You can give us five stars, please. You can DM us on Instagram at how to live and tell us what you thought and also share a pic of you listening. We love to see where you're listening from. Okay, guys, it's time. The time has come, my friends. We are about to reveal what amazing movie star we have on the podcast next week. Stephanie, tell them who it is. It is Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan, you may know her from... You've Got Mail. You may know her from... When Harry Met Sally. You may know her from... Sleepless in Seattle. (laughs) Or as somebody pointed out the other day, Anastasia. She's the voice of Anastasia. Oh. Oh, yeah. She's she's the voice on our podcast. Oh, my God. You guys, we got to sit down with Meg Ryan in her home in New York when we were recently there and have the most incredible chat with one of the most down-to-earth women slash movie stars we've ever met. And I want to tell you that this came, yet again, from a cold email. You can't make this stuff up, people. So this is an incredible conversation. She has so much wisdom to impart and she's so freaking down to earth and lovely and warm and I just want to cuddle up. She did such a great episode. Take a listen. If you really want to be self-determined and really have that sense of I'm not compromised at my core, have your reputation destroyed because you will find after you go through all these emotional things about it, you don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. It's like it matters that your son thinks well of you or your lover thinks well of you or your, you know, family. But it just doesn't matter. So we know you will be sleeplessing in Seattle this week just waiting to hear this episode. Like what I did there? I did. I liked it. But in the meantime, we hope you have a fantastic week. Stay away from those horses, people. And go out there and get them. Woohoo! Bye. Na 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 na